Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We hear God because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer it. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. It is everything.
our life. Hear us, God. of Prayer International Radio. I am your co-host, Sean Holmberg. We'll be joined in about an hour by Christopher Herzog. Our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458, if you need prayer for anything, um, please give us a call, um, and we will pray with you on the air, off the air, whatever you prefer. We also have a chat room open at um, blogtalkradio.com forward slash prayer international. If you can't make it to a phone and you need prayer, you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And then um, as soon as we get that, we'll start praying for you as well. Um, So this week we've... um, been going through Matthew, and we may continue going through Matthew for the first part of the night. I'm not really sure where this is going to go. So, as always, um, we leave it to the Holy Spirit. So, Father, honestly, I have no idea what you want to do tonight, and that's good. <laughs> Jesus, have your way tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way. Glorify Jesus tonight, and Him alone. Let his name be the only name exalted tonight. Father, let everything we do tonight be done for your glory, Jesus, for your honor, Lord. For you are the one who died and rose again. You are the one who is seated at the right hand of the Father. So, Lord, we lay our lives down, Father. We lay this broadcast down and we declare it belongs to you. And just asking that your will would be done in it tonight. So, um, a few minutes ago, before the broadcast, I was um, sitting here and just getting ready, um, looking up the scriptures for the lesson tonight, um, which isn't really hard since we've been going through the same couple chapters all week. Um, And all of a sudden, I started thinking about this whole broadcast thing, and um, I remember talking last night to one of our... um, listeners um in the chat room um who has their own show and um and I was thinking how great it is the fact that there's so many people on Blog Talk Radio um who are out there preaching the gospel and talking about how much Jesus loves people and um trying to be as real as possible with this whole Christianity thing. Because, um, frankly we're in a world that doesn't understand um they see what people talk about, um, but a lot of times they don't see the actions that line up with what people say. Um, they see people talking about healing, but they don't see a lot of Christians going around praying for the sick. They see us talking about forgiveness and love, but they don't usually, for the most part, see Christians emanate that. And so it, compl- it paints a picture of Christianity 
as selfish and self-seeking, which is completely opposite to the mirror of the glory of the Lord, and are being changed into His image, the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And like we talked about last night, what it means is that Jesus is the express reflection and image of the glory of the Father, and we are the express reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. People look at us, and what they should be seeing is not us in our own lives, but they should be seeing Jesus through us. And, you know, but when I was thinking about the whole mirror um, analogy, I was taken back to the thought about um, when I used to, like, be big into the vampires and stuff as a kid and realizing that vampires don't have a reflection because they're dead. And, you know, the problem with Christianity and most people is they walk around um, as if they're dead. Um, And so when that happens, then there's nothing to reflect. They're not reflecting the love of God. They're reflecting um, nothing, pretty much. And, you know, we have to make sure that the light that is in us is light. And there's no darkness. And we have to make sure that we don't become, like it says in James, people who behold themselves in a mirror and immediately walk away and forget what kind of man they were. And, you know, when we're looking into the mirror and we're looking into Jesus, we become like him. We get a a better understanding of who we really are, what this is all about, what this life is about, why we're even here in the first place, Um, which you can't get without knowing him. And because all the answers reside in him, since the Bible says everything was created through him and for him and through him. And by him, everything exists and consists and has its meaning. And um, so without him, there's nothing really. And since we, um, it says the old man is dead and buried. And we were raised in newness of life in Christ Jesus, but yet most of us walk around caring about the old man because we still feel some kind of attachment to it, and we still feel some kind of attachment to the things of the past. And, you know, even when God was talking about the children of Israel, he said, if they had called to mind that country which they had come from, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they seek a heavenly country. And, you know, we seek and have a heavenly country and Christ Jesus, we have a new life. We're considered new creations in Christ Jesus, which means we're not even part of the world. I mean, it it says we are, in some ways, we're aliens, we're strangers, we're foreigners, we're pilgrims in this earth. Our citizenship is in heaven and not on this earth. Um, And so we sort of had dual citizenships, but our, our identity states that our citizenship is in heaven with God in which the Bible says we're already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus to see God move. And whether it's through disappointments or struggles or whatever else, people tend to lose that fire, which is the one thing that we should be keeping. It's the one fire that should always be burning on the altar of our hearts toward the Lord. The, um, you know, Someone told me a very long time ago, to never lose the tenderness you have in your heart toward the Lord, that you allow your heart to always be shapeable by his hand, and that you never allow your heart to be hardened. It says to guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. And um, But I was thinking, you know, back then, um, 
we all go off thinking that we're going to save the world, thinking that um, we're going to go off and within a couple of years the entire world's going to be saved and worshiping the Lord Jesus. Um, but it's not reality. Um, and what I mean by that is we know, according to Scripture, that narrow is the way that leads to life. And the Bible says there are a few who find it. Um, the Bible also declares there will be many who don't come to him. They don't want to come to him. They don't want to have anything to do with Jesus. And um, someone told me once, hell isn't necessarily about, the fi about fire and brimstone, but it's about the lack and the absence of the presence of God. Because a loving God would never force someone to be in his presence who chooses not to be. And the only other alternative is to be in a place completely without his presence, which in return would be worse than any amount of fire possible. And and so I'm thinking, okay, so in reality, um, there's going to be a lot of people who don't get saved. A lot. Um, like a massive, massive amount of people. Um, and this is a very, very scary thought. But the truth is, you know, then what's the purpose? Well, because there's going to be some who do. And Jesus said that he would leave the 90, if he had 100 sheep and one went astray, he would leave the 99 to go after the one. And there are still people out there all across this earth. I mean, we have listeners who are in pretty much every country on the face of this planet. And some of them can easily testify from experience, um, the hunger and the desire that people have for the Lord, um, something that in many parts of the world is easily available. Um, you know, like earlier today I was working on our website and I had updated the quote on the front of it because um, we always have some quote. And this is one by um, the founder of the Gospel for Asia Bible Society. And he said, Believers who have the gospel keep mumbling it over and over to themselves. Meanwhile, millions who have never heard it once fall into the flames of eternal hell without ever hearing the salvation story. And so why do we do it all? We do it because there is one. There's going to be one. There's always going to be at least one person out there who hasn't heard from him, who doesn't know him, and they have the right to have the opportunity to hear that Jesus loves them. You know, it reminded me of the story of um, the Titanic. And, you know, there was this preacher named John Harper who was on the Titanic, and he actually had a spot on one of the few, very few lifeboats that were available. And um, even though he had a spot on the lifeboat, he gave a spot to someone else. And when... Um, the person was trying to convince him to get on the lifeboat. He said, you know what, go and take someone else and put them in my seat. I know where I'm going, but I'm going to stay here and win as many people as I can to the Lord. And the guy said that he remember one of the guys who was there who got on the lifeboat said he remembers the last thing, the last time he saw um, John Harper was holding the hands of people on the Titanic while the ship was sinking, the ship was sinking, because in his mind, all that mattered in those last few minutes of his life was making sure he didn't walk into heaven 
without anybody else there, and that there wasn't a single person who missed out on their chance to know the Lord. And even after the Titanic sank and people were drifting around in the ocean, clinging on to whatever pieces of plywood and luggage or whatever was floating they could find, um, John Harper was still floating around trying to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ and still trying till the very end to let people know that regardless of the circumstance and regardless of what was happening, regardless of what the future is or the past, that there is a Savior named Jesus who loves you and died for you and died for your sins and is willing, is wanting to embrace you into the family of heaven. And, you know, in the end, that's, all, that's what it's all about. Um, everything we do, um, whether it's just this broadcast, this broadcast and pretty much everybody on Blog Talk Radio who's out there proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, we do it because you never know. There's always, there could always be that one person who is getting ready to pass from death to life. Because, you know, the Bible says that um, every man is appointed once to die. Um, and no man knows when that time is. People die every day. I, I remember recently I was having to talk to my children about death, and I sat them down and had to explain to them, and they believe in the Lord and they're saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, but I had to explain to them that, you know, people die every day. We can pray for people, and we've seen many, many people get healed and delivered who were about to die. Um, but regardless of the healings, there are still people who die and um, in the will of the Lord because it's their time. And um, But I, I, when I was talking to them, it was to make clear that, you know, time's short. Um, whether you have... 20 years left of your life or 50 years or whether you have a few weeks or a few days it goes by so quickly every time a breath escapes your mouth there's this moment in time when you have the ability to know the Lord to converse with him to talk with him to just sit and realize who he is to dwell upon him And You know there's millions of people in this world Who Have never even heard the name of Jesus I remember Me and um, Chris were once doing um, Evangelism in an apartment Complex um, In Dallas And were um, Walking around asking people if they know the Lord If they need prayer for anything And I remember walking up to some kids Who were sitting on the stairs and they, I mean, there was a couple different ages. I mean, I think the youngest could have been six or seven, and the oldest was, like, probably 15, 16. And they're sitting there. And, you know, it's hard for me to imagine because I knew the Lord in a way when I was still really young, like maybe six, seven years old. The Lord started showing up to me, and I, and I knew, just something inside of me knew that, there was a God, even though I ha I wasn't saved. But, you know, the Bible says that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. And so I was shocked when I asked these kids if they knew the Lord Jesus Christ, and they didn't. 
And it was like, what kind of world are we living in where there are children walking around who have never heard the name of Jesus, who don't know? Surely there has to be at least one Christian out there around these kids who could tell them that there is a Savior, to tell them that they have redemption through the blood of Jesus, to tell them that regardless of whether their fathers left them or not, there is a Father in Heaven who loves them and has a plan and a purpose for their life. You know, the Bible says, without a vision, my people perish, or it's my people perish for lack of knowledge, for lack of a vision. You know, people who don't know the path that they're supposed to go down, and they don't know that they have a hope, and they don't know that they have a future, will grasp at whatever straws they can to find some kind of meaning in their life, when the meaning they really need to have is the purpose for which they were created, which only comes from the revelation that you get from the Lord Jesus Christ. When you find out that he died for your sins and that he created you for a special purpose and for a special place and that he has a plan for your life. You know, the Bible says that a man will plan his ways, but the Lord directs the steps and the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And, you know, we say that scripture almost every single night. Um, well, I do. I don't know if Chris does, but, you know, he, the Lord plans and directs your steps. And he said, I know the thoughts that I think for you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And we live in a society where there's so much that's on the news and so much on the radio and so much in every direction that distracts us from the fact that millions of people around us are dying and going to hell. And that millions of people who are lost and and people out there who know of her have heard of Jesus and don't care, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the people out there that are really hungry and thirsty for the Lord. Those who have been longing and waiting for him, whose hearts are ready for the harvest, whose hearts are I mean, Jesus said, Look up your eyes and the fields are white and ready for harvest and there's a multitude of people out there are needing a touch from God but if we never go to them how will they ever know and you know I, I read a quote once that said the only time the gospel of Jesus isn't good news is when it arrives too late and unfortunately many of us um, are guilty of that in a way now the Lord's gracious and merciful but how many opportunities have we had in our lives to declare the love of Jesus to someone, whether it's by what we say or whether it's by our own actions, and we fail to do so for whatever excuse or reason just happens to come up at the moment to grant us some kind of relief and safety from the um, idea of having to actually confront someone and um, pass and delay ourselves out there before the world um, to declare that which we know to be true. Um, and so it's, it's really horrible. You know, Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would raise up laborers into his harvest. And now, more than ever, 
um, is what we need is we need intercessors to stand before the Father to plead on behalf of the nations. We need harvesters, men and women who are willing to go out into the fields and into the streets and into the cities and into the countries and the mountainsides and the valleys to spread the love of Jesus, to spread the gospel of the Lord. Because if we don't, and they don't, then that's that many more people who are going to pass from death to life and have missed the opportunity to come face to face and to know their creator. And it should never be our place to determine who deserves that, because everybody does. Um, just as much as we have received salvation, the Bible says freely you have received, freely give. We talked a little bit last night about being givers, and, you know, what more can we give besides the knowledge of the Lord, besides knowing, besides explaining and telling the world that the Lord loves them, that he does heal the sick, that he does deliver those who are tormented by the enemy. The Bible says that he is the same yesterday and day and forever, and Ecclesiastes says there is nothing new under the sun. And the same Jesus that told his disciples to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature is the same Jesus who stands before the Father constantly making intercession on our behalf, who has sent the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, into our hearts, into our lives, um, into our present, our midst, to empower us, empower, empower us with the same anointing that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, to go into a world that's fallen. And you know the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the calling, the... Um, Everything. It's not. It's never for us. It's always for Him, and it's for His inheritance, which is the people of this earth, which He has created. So anyway, our calling number tonight is six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. If you need prayer for anything, please give us a call. We're gonna take a quick break, and we will be right back. Hear the voice, it's the voice of the one I love, he's calling my name. I hear you calling me, Jesus. I hear the voice, the voice of the one I love, he's calling my name. Can you hear him calling you? He's saying,
This week, um, which I sort of sort of known about trying to like plan out anything for these broadcasts because from the beginning we've just trusted the Lord to um, and trusted the Holy Spirit to direct everything and at any moment's notice knowing that he he could go one way or the other um, for depending on who's listening um, whatever is on his heart at any particular moment. Um, and so it changes quite often. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. You know, it sounds like when he, when Paul says all this, um, it's like he's almost standing there saying, don't you understand I've lost everything for this single pursuit, for this one vision, for this one hope of reaching out and laying hold of Christ Jesus, of somehow by any way possible leaving everything behind and running as fast as I can and as hard as I can that I may know him that I may see him, that I may experience him, that I may enter into his presence. And everything that I have to give things up for the Lord, it's not always easy to present yourselves as living sacrifices to him, but it's through his grace and his mercy that we're able to, because the Bible says that his grace is sufficient and his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And above all, the fact that this is never something that's one-sided. It's always a partnership. For from the beginning, God has always established a covenant between man and himself. He starts, said, you know, is nothing else matters. We don't grasp that um, at times. Getting caught up in our daily routine, their daily lives. Um, our daily desires, I want a better job, a better house, a better car. I want life to be this way, this way, this way, and this way. And Paul said, it's all crap, pretty much. It's all worthless. It's all meaningless. It's all vanity and grasping at the air, like um, it says in Ecclesiastes. Because the very last breath, is the one that takes you into the presence of the living God. It's the one that takes you in front of the Father. And then we have an opportunity for eternity, if we know him, to worship him. What you have in your possession is your relationship with Christ that is enough. If the only thing you have is to be able to say with your last breath that I knew him, it's enough. And then Paul said, and to be found inside of him, to be found in him. That my life is hidden in him. That everything about me is because of him. And I'm found in him. And he said, not having my own righteousness... Because, you know, Paul spent a while in the in the chapter talking about the righteousness he had had at one time and how it meant nothing. 
And Paul, who was a Pharisee and a pretty good one, knew the law. He knew the requirements and the standards, and he knew what it took to be able to somewhat declare yourself just and not even be able to fully get that because it wasn't really possible. But he said, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God, by faith. You know, um, which brings up an interesting point. There's a story in Acts where Peter is having a vision and um, the Lord lowers a blanket down with a bunch of animals on it. And according to the traditions and um, laws, that uh, animals were theoretically unclean and out uh, of our lives. We, as Christians, tend to think of ourselves as unclean and not worthy of his presence. But yet he, once again, is having to cry out, what I have called clean, don't call unclean. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus the righteousness which comes through faith in him and not from the law. Paul said that I may know him. And we could end every broadcast every day with that and it would theoretically be sufficient because it's the goal of everything, every meaning, every purpose, every second, every moment, every breath, is for that one, for those five words, righteousness through his blood. And then even then, death could not hold him, and God exalted him, and said, this is my son exalted him, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, every enemy should bow, every disease should bow, every doubt, every fear, every thought. The Bible even says one of those things that is not up for debate at any point in time throughout history, from now throughout eternity, is that every knee shall bow. To the name of the Lord Jesus Christ And every tongue shall confess That he is Lord to the glory of God the Father Whatever it is Whatever is going on Whether it's a, whether it's sickness or a disease Or some enemy demon That's trying to manifest itself And corrupt and torment someone It doesn't matter They don't have a choice which is why the demons would come out in fear when Jesus would walk even close to them and they would confront Jesus trying to figure out why the Son of the Living God was there. And Jesus tried to explain over and over again, if I cast the demon out of you, then the kingdom of God has come upon you, which is the realm of God's domain, or that I'm even close to being perfect. But I press on that I may lay hold of that 
for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. The Bible says that no one has sought him on their own at any time. There's none righteous. No one seeks after him. It's only through the leading of the Holy Spirit, God reaching in to my situation and your situation and and your and everybody's situation and saying, you're mine. Come this way. Hear my voice. I'm calling out to you. Come to me. I'll show you green pastures and still waters. There's peace to be had in my presence. There's fullness of joy in my presence. You don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to work anymore. You don't have to struggle anymore. You don't have to strive to be accepted. You know, he said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Ephesians says that he has an inheritance in the saints. That very purpose for which he brought us forth. Jesus said, I know who are mine, and the enemy cannot snatch them away. Paul says in verse 13, Brethren, all the weights that so easily ensnare us, all the disappointments, all the failures, all the missed opportunities, lay it all down and realize if your eyes are upon him. Oh, my gosh. He said, like he said to Peter, when he said, come to the waters, come out upon the waters, come to me, put your eyes upon me. He said, in, God said in Jeremiah 33, 3, call, just call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you know not of. Paul said, I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead and pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus.
we're back, and this is Prayer International Radio. The call-in number is 619-638-8458. My name is Chris, and I'll be your host uh, tonight till about midnight. And we had Sean Holmberg in the studio. He was hosting for the first hour of the broadcast. And last night, we were actually just sharing. Uh, Keith been in the Matthew the hearts open up the, the spirit the spiritual ears and that people would hear your voice tonight as your word is declared Father we just give you all the glory and the praise we just ask this in Jesus name Amen Alright well praise God well, First John 1, and it starts out, it says, That which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. See, what John wrote about was something that he experienced. He said, we've heard it, we've seen it with our eyes, we've looked upon, our hands have handled it, and this thing was the beginning, it was the word of life. Verse 2, for the life was manifested and we have seen it. And we fellowship, the fellowship of the body of Christ is with the Father and the Son. Later he talks about the fellowship of the Spirit. Verse 4, and these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him, that declare we unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. We say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness. We lie and do not the truth. You see, John makes a quick blood. Verse 8, we say that we have no sin. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. You think, look, no one can say they've never sinned. Now, we're not to walk in a habitual practice of sin. We're not to walk into a habitual practice of sin, but we're to acknowledge it. We're to commit it to God. We're not to just overlook it and say we don't have any. We we never sin. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We'll stop there for a minute. We're going to pause and check the uh, screening room, so hang on. i 
All right, praise God. This is Prayer International Radio. The call in number is 619-638-8458. I have a few people listening in, and uh, we'll check out the others that are in there the uh, next time. Just like that song says, he is mighty to save. He can move a mountain. He can break the chains. He can move the walls and the the circumstances and the situations in your life. In fact, he's so powerful, he can turn even the heart of man. says the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and he chooses whichever way he decides it's going to turn. Truly, through his blood, through the power of the Spirit, through the washing of his word, we can... 
allow the righteousness of God to be made manifest in our lives by faith through the blood. And as you confess your sins, as you confess your weakness, you can confess his strength. As you confess your sin, you can confess his righteousness. As you confess your sickness, he can declare and you can declare his healing over your life. So as we proceed, let's talk about First John chapter 2. These are small. This one's a little bit bigger. But let's read it for, for just a minute. First John chapter 2. He says, verse 1, My little children, these things I write to you that you sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation of our But an old commandment, which you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning, he says. He says it twice. Verse 8, and again, a new commandment I read to you, which thing is true in him and in you because the darkness is past, and the true light now shines. He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abides in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness and knoweth not where he goes, because that darkness had blinded his eyes. See, how could we, as a church, see, the Bible says a house divided against itself can't stand. And how can you have hate for your brother, especially those that are in the body of Christ, those that claim Christ, doesn't matter what denomination, maybe they're Methodist or Baptist or Presbyterian or Pentecostal or Charismatic or Catholic, but maybe they confess the risen Lord. Maybe they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe they meditate on the Word of God. Maybe they pray and have a relationship with God. The Bible says you're not to hate anybody that's your brother. Because if you hate, you're not you're not of God. See, God is love. If you've got to be born of love, you've got to be born of God, you've got to love your brother. Verse 12, I write to you, little children, and there's mature fathers. Little children have just come into the kingdom. Little children. Just come into the kingdom. Their sins are forgiven. They're saved. The young men have a more mature walk. They've overcome the wicked one. They've conquered sins. Young men are strong and the word of God abides in them because they've overcome the wicked one. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. This is talking about the world system. This is talking about the world's way of doing things. He's not contradicting himself, saying, you can't love the people in the world. He's saying, look, don't love their system. Don't love their ways. Don't love the wickedness. Don't praise and love the wicked. See, God has a way of separating the spirit and the flesh, separating the heart from action. Subverting the the intent and the desires of the heart. And see, if we get filled with his word, we have a point of reference. We have a way to discern and to separate. And that word will begin to reveal the motives 
We begin to reveal the hearts. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, see this is talking about the system of the world, here of one antichrist but there'll be many. It's the whole system of being against God and against Christ. Verse 19, that they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt had continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. See, what he's saying is, look, when you begin to go through the fires and the trials and the afflictions of life, God will show you, God will prove you, God will test you and try you and show you who you are, show you if you're his. See, you'll judge a tree by its fruit. Nothing's hidden that won't be revealed. That's why we go through stuff, is to show us the hidden things. He says, they went out with us, they went out that they might be made manifest, that they were not of us. They were not the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son, the same has not the Father. He that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So he's saying, look, if you're going to say you have God in your life, you've got to have the Son. You've got to acknowledge Christ. And if you don't acknowledge Christ, you're a liar. If you don't acknowledge Christ, you don't have God in your life. That's what he's saying. Straight up. Let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you shall continue in the Son and in the Father. Verse 25, And this is the promise that he has promised us even eternal life. These things I have written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing you have received of him abides in you, and you need not that any man should teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, praise God. First chapter 2 of 1 John. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. See, there's a direct correlation to holiness, which is being consecrated and set apart unto God from the heart. Sorry, I got caught up here. Um, just reading something. God's looking for the heart. God's looking for the heart. And he wants you to give him your heart. He doesn't just want lip service. He wants it all.
right, praise God, we're back. A few internet connection problems, so you guys could be praying for that to get straightened up. A uh, question we had in the chat room from Girl on a White Horse. Do I think Jesus is coming back soon? Uh, this is what I do know. The Bible says no man knows the day or the hour. But Jesus said that we would know the seasons. And I think we can look at the signs and we can look at everything that's going on in world events, everything that's going on in our nation, here in the United States, everything that's going on in Israel. And we can kind of gauge, you know, just some of these events with what's going on. Now, we could speculate it could be a couple of years. And that may be so. Bottom line is, you know, the word says we're to be prepared to be in season and out of season to be ready. And we're to be a bride without spot or blemish. Climate, the spiritual season, the... Just the place that our world is in. We can just see, you know, Jesus said the hearts of men will wax cold. The darkness will get darker. That fathers will turn against sons, mothers against daughters, husbands will turn against wives. And it would be for Christ's name. So in, in this manner, he'll be coming back. He's going to split the skies and come back like a thief in the night. And there's going to be a day when two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Do you believe God will rapture his church out? I don't know if that's going to be before the tribulation or after. Personally, I think we're going to go through some stuff. That's why we're told to pray and be of good cheer whenever we endure various trials and temptations and testing of our faith produces patience. There's a reason that we're told that. And just in this season of life and in my life and in many people's lives, we go through tests and trials daily. We go through tests and trials to see if we acknowledge God as our source. We go through tests and trials to see if we acknowledge God as our Savior and our healer. We go through tests and trials to acknowledge to see is God really our Father. The Bible says even though the Refining pot for silver and the furnace for gold. The Lord tries the hearts. Praise God. And so make sure you're ready. Have you given your heart to Jesus? Have you asked him to come in? Because he is coming back one day. Make sure you can overcome the enemy through the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. You can overcome the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life as you allow God to bring a maturity in your life, as you hide the word of God in your heart and you don't sin against him. As you begin to meditate day and night on his promises. Let me pray for you. Father, in you, Lord, you said no weapon formed or fashion against him would prosper. And every tongue that rises against him would 
be condemned. And, Father, we just ask your blessings on every person tonight. We just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name. Praise God. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. If you need to call in, the call number is 619-638-8458. Email address is www for the...
Thank you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.